Welcome to this week's podcast from Suncoast Church. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, there you go. Today we are finishing our series, The Jesus I Never Knew, where we have been having a conversation about the fact that it can be so easy for us to place our own filters or ideas on top of who Jesus is. And and really, ultimately, there is probably far more to Jesus than we might be experiencing right now. It's been an incredible conversation so far, and I want to continue this conversation by asking you a question tonight. The question is, have you ever found it difficult to fit a little bit of Jesus into your busy schedule? We're getting honest tonight, okay? That's, it's way too early for a question like that, right? But maybe you're wondering, maybe you've ever wondered in your life, I, I wonder if God has more for me than just what I'm experiencing right now. Well, my goal tonight is that by the end of this message, you will see a side of Jesus that's going to make even more of a practical difference in your life. It's that simple. And if you are here tonight and maybe you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, or maybe you've got far more uh, questions about all of this stuff rather than answers, well, I want to give you a little bit of an inside look into what in, in the world is up with this Jesus person. Why are all these people around the globe following him? What's the big appeal? What difference? does it actually make? And to do that tonight, I believe I'm going to be giving you and exploring the most important question in our faith. That's a big call, but I I believe we're going to be exploring tonight the biggest question that we could ask in our faith, quite possibly even in life. But before I get into all that good stuff, I want to begin my message by bragging a little bit. Um, I have officially achieved celebrity status, and if you know me at all, you know that's not true, um, and that it will ultimately be embarrassing for me. But one of my roles here at Suncoast is being high school chaplain at the school, and I put on chapel services each week and for a couple of hundred teenagers. And the other week after a chapel service, I had just finished speaking, just got off stage, and I had some year eight students, so they would have been about 13, 14, come running up to me after the service. And this is a question they had for me. This is a legitimate, serious question they had for me, their high school chaplain in Mumbai, Australia, okay? They come up to me and they say, Stephen, Stephen, so you're like famous, right? I guess because, you know, I'm on stage. Yeah, and, and so they, they seriously asked me, Stephen, you're like famous, aren't you? Like, you're like a celebrity. And I just... I just looked at them for a second, and I said, of course I am. Because <laughs> you've got to take these opportunities when they come, right? Like, so I was going to mess with them a little bit. I said, of course I am. And I kid you not, one of them responded with, oh, wow, and got really shy and really nervous <laughs> because she thought she was talking to a celebrity. And you cannot make this stuff up. I, <laughs> some year eight students overheard me saying this come running over to me with ping pong balls and pieces of cardboard, shoved a pen in my face and said, will you sign our ping pong balls in our cardboard? And so I did out of pure fear for my life. And they walked away going, yes, like you can't make this up, right? And so these kids legitimately think I'm a celebrity because I stand up on stage every now and then. And so I kind of want to see how far I can take this, right? Like, Next week, I'm going to ask if they'll wash my car. You know, like if you, 
If you want your car washed, come see me after the service. But it's, it's gone a little bit too far already. Some of them have even started calling me dad, and I just went with it. And I said, you know what? I'll adopt you, son, right? And so I am so sorry if your son has come home from school and started calling you their other dad, okay? Like, that's, that's my bad but I'm going to keep rolling with it, right? So it's funny, though, how their behavior changed once they thought I was famous, right? But it's true, isn't it? How we view someone uh, can largely determine how we experience that person. When I first met Ash, my wife, um, I was so nervous to talk to her. So nervous because I thought she's way out of my league. Okay, I looked at her and I thought, you are perfect. I looked at me and I thought, you have the personality of a foot. You know, like, stay, <laughs> stay in your lane, Stephen. Anyway, I worked up the courage to ask her on a date. Well, I thought it was a date. She thought we were just hanging out as friends. It was definitely a date, right? I um, took her to the most romantic place on the Sunshine Coast, the lunch cafe at the Sunshine Coast University. I brought a friend um, because I was so nervous. I needed a friend to help make conversation. I did that. And um, I let her pay for her own lunch because of, you know, equality. Um, I'm kidding. I'm obviously kidding. My friend paid, and I, I, I was so nervous the whole time. But, you know, as we started talking, get to know each other, I secretly told my friend to get lost, and the, the date ended well, and we got married. End of story, right? But it's true, isn't it? How we view someone will have a massive effect on our experience with that person. That's why your view of someone's celebrity status will, might make you nervous to talk to them. That's why your view of the police will determine how you feel when they're driving behind you on the highway. And when it comes to Jesus, it's the exact same thing. And Jesus makes this very clear when he's traveling with some of his disciples. This interaction was recorded by one of his followers, Matthew, and it's where he asks them the most important question of all. Let's check it out. It says this, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Son of man, that's just one of the titles Jesus had. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. These are some of the big ticket Bible guys throughout history. I'll explain them soon. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. The question that our entire faith hinges upon, the question that separates a dynamic, life-changing faith from just another thing on the to-do list, the life and death question, the question that's been asked more times in human history than any other question, the most important question of all, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? That question is everything. That is the question. Because how you and I answer that question will determine our entire experience with God, with church, with people, life, death, everything. That is the big one right there. How we answer that question determines everything. And just think about it for a second. When you think of Jesus, what comes to mind? 
When you think of Jesus, what comes to mind? Maybe you feel like one of the great philosophers of our time once felt, Bruce Almighty, when he said, God is a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass, and I'm the ant. He could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to, but he'd rather tear off my feelers and watch me squirm. I don't know about you, but having a a perception like that, having a view of God that's like that, that he's mad at me, that he's distant, that he's cruel, probably going to make me want to run from God rather than run to him, right? Why is that? Well, it's because our perception will so often shape our experiences. Our perception shapes our experiences. And and don't worry, if you've ever felt like that, or if you've ever struggled to get down to the bottom of who this Jesus person really is, you're not alone. Even the people in Jesus' time who heard him speak, who saw him, struggled to find an answer to this question at times. I mean, remember what they said. Some say John the Baptist. Well, who was that guy? John the Baptist in our day and age would be the repent Fire and brimstone, the end is nigh kind of guy. Some say Elijah, well, who was he? He was the miracle worker, the in-house doctor, the genie in a bottle. When he prayed, miracles happened. I don't know if you've ever felt like that in your faith. You know, you kind of only ever go into Jesus when you need that last-ditch miracle, that game-winning play. You know, everything else is lost. I might as well chuck up a prayer and hope for the best. It goes on, it says, some say Jeremiah, well, who would he be today? You know, he is the, you know, he talked about God, sure, but you know, maybe he's got some good philosophies, some good morals, some good life teachings, but I don't know about this whole surrounding my life around this God person. I mean, there have been many, many different answers to that question throughout time, but it is so clear that how you and I answer that question will determine how we experience Jesus in our lives. And so that's the question I want to ask you tonight. Who is Jesus to you? When Jesus asks you, who do you say I am, what comes to mind? Peter answered with, you are the Messiah, right? Meaning you are the one that I hoped for. You are, the, you are my God, you are my everything. My relationship with you is the defining factor of my life. But how do you answer that question? Jesus, you are fill in the blank. I mean, when we search for an answer to that question, when we begin to discover who the real Jesus is, we will find time and time again that Jesus blows all of our expectations out of the water. I mean, John the Baptist here, he might have been the, the bring, I'm bringing judgment kind of guy, but Jesus was known for having forgiveness and grace and acceptance and love. You know, Elijah was the quick fix kind of guy, but Jesus doesn't want to just give you a quick fix. He wants to give you a new life. Jeremiah the prophet talked about God, but Jesus wants us to experience God. He wants it to be real. Answering that question, who is Jesus to you, is everything. And for me, personally, I began to find an answer to that question. I began to discover more of who the real Jesus is when I read these few words that Jesus spoke. He said, I came to give them life and that they may have it abundantly. I came to give them life and that they may have it abundantly. I came to give them life. I came to to give. I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like life just wants to take, 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 right? 
take our time, take our money, take our priorities, take everything. But here Jesus says, he didn't come to take something from you. He came to give you something. He came to give you life and not just any life. That word abundantly, when Jesus spoke it, meant better than normal. Jesus came to give you a life that is better than normal, the gift of life and life abundantly to each and every area of our lives. I began to discover who the real Jesus was when I realized that following Jesus isn't simply just an addition to our lives. Following Jesus transforms every part of our lives. Right, Following Jesus was never meant to just be a nice little addition, a nice little thing in amongst all the other things. Following Jesus was meant to transform each and every aspect of our lives. I mean, the whole point of following Jesus isn't just to come to church every now and then and then go to heaven one day. I mean, those things are awesome. But that's not the whole point. We as ordinary average people discover that God is real and Jesus gave his life so that I could experience true life. We say, you know what? I want that life. So we begin our relationship with Jesus and everything begins to change. Our relationships start to get better. We begin to restore broken relationships. Our work life goes from something that we have to do to something that's a blessing and an opportunity. Okay, we begin to see light in amongst all the darkness in the world. We begin to see potential in amongst all the problems. We discover a purpose that's greater than just work, sleep, weekend, repeat. We still go through difficult times, just like everyone else. Tough situations, just like the rest of the world. But come on, something's different now. There's a hope and a peace and a joy and a strength. Come on, we begin to discover a solid foundation while the world seems like it's crumbling around us. Following Jesus was never meant to just be an addition to our lives. Following Jesus changes everything. Jesus came to give us the gift of an abundant life, a life that's better than normal. But like every good gift, it needs to be received and it needs to be used. The gift I um, hated growing up and getting as a kid, as a teenager, the gift I absolutely hated getting every Christmas, every birthday, socks, underwear, and Lynx deodorant. (laughs) Every time. Hated it. I was spoiled as a kid, right? But hated that gift every time. I mean, teenagers, what teenager wants that on their birthday, right? Parents, none of them, okay? Not one of them, right? Hated it. But as an adult, guess what gift I absolutely long for every Christmas and every birthday? Guess what gift I am most excited about? Guess what gift I am disappointed when I do not see every single birthday and Christmas? (laughs) KFC and socks, underwear and deodorant, right? And as I say that, I'm kind of realizing now that my life might not be as exciting as I thought it was. But my parents at 25 years old, they ask me now, Stephen, what can we get you for your birthday? You already know. Quit playing games. You already know. I want socks. I want underwear. I want deodorant. And I want them in abundance. Okay? Right? Because it's just the best gift. I mean, you don't want to buy that stuff for yourself, right? So you just want it given to you. Okay? And it's just so practical. You use it every day. Right? It's just, it's just something that you need. And that's the difference between gifts, right? A gift that you want is awesome. But a gift that you need is a game changer. 
And see, Jesus came to give us the gift of an abundant life, the life that is better than normal, a gift that we all well and truly need. A gift like that was never meant to just be an addition to our lives. A gift like that is going to change our lives. And so what does that look like on an everyday level? What does that look like when you walk out of this place and go to your Monday morning? What does it look like to continue to discover who Jesus is and see that make an even bigger difference in our lives? Well, I believe that we will see Jesus go from being an addition to our lives to being someone who transforms our lives when we allow him to walk by our side each and every day. And if you don't have a faith background, if, if, if you don't have any belief in Jesus, that might just sound so whack to you. But like I said before, we're giving you kind of an inside look into what it could be like to have Jesus in your life. So bear with me. I'll explain. But what, what does it look like to see Jesus make an impact in our lives? It looks like Jesus walking by our side each and every day. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, um, as many of you know, I have a son. And he's six months old. Let's get a photo of him up on the screen. He has his dad's eyes. Just wish I had his facial hair, right? Now, being a parent has taught me a lot over these last few months. And I can feel the anger rising up inside all of the actual parents right now. I can feel your eyes rolling. But before you think I'm comparing having a dog to raising an actual human child, I'm not... This is way harder. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Obviously, I'm kidding. But Ash and I, Ash and I, since we got married, we always wanted a puppy because you know what? They're adorable, right? Imagine coming home from a long day at work to a cute, happy puppy. They're basically self-sufficient. Like it's like a, it's like a win-win. This is the best, right? We thought it would be a nice little addition to our happy little lives. We quickly discovered that we were wrong. No, he's great. But we quickly discovered that what we thought was going to be an addition to our lives actually radically impacted every single part of our lives. I mean, we have to factor this dog into every single equation. Our finances, okay, our work life, when we go shopping, what new furniture we want to buy, if we want to go for away for a weekend, if we want to stay in for a weekend, if we want to have people over, our future plans, everything. And he's not even a human child. Having to factor this dog into every aspect of our lives has radically impacted every aspect of our lives. We have had to relook at each of the different areas, but through the lens of having this dog. Now, am I about to compare me having a dog to our relationship with our Lord and Savior? There may have been better analogies out there, okay? I'll give you that. But the Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge God and he will direct your path. In all of your ways, in every part of your life, in every different aspect, acknowledge God, factor God in, and you will see God work in all of those aspects, right? You will see God impact your life in incredible, incomprehensible ways when we begin to factor him into the equation, when we allow Jesus to walk by our side each and every day in each and every area of our lives. I mean, let's explore this for a second. One of the biggest struggles that you and I face as people, as humans, one of the biggest reasons for stresses in relationships, one of the biggest things we dread having to talk about 
is money, right? That's a big one. But what does it look like to factor God into that equation? Well, you begin to hear things like it is better to give than receive. You know, I am yet to meet a person that is extremely generous and also extremely stressed about money at the same time. Relationships is another big one that we tend to sometimes struggle with or want more from, or it's another big part of our lives. What does it look like to factor God into our relationships? Well, you begin to hear things like it is better to put the other person first. Put first the needs of others. Love others as I have loved you. You know, I've never heard of a relationship breaking down because both people were too loving and too selfless. Right? You might never get to watch a movie together. No, you pick the movie. No, you pick the movie. No, you're the priority. No, you're the priority. But you're probably going to have a healthy relationship, right? The future is another big one. Will this work out? Am I going to make it? What's going to happen from this situation? That's a huge thing that we battle with. I wonder if Jesus has anything to say about that. Be faithful with what's in your hands today. Let me take care of tomorrow. Worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. I've got that covered. I can handle that. I can handle just making it through another day, just focusing on making this a good day and letting God handle the rest. Yes, please. The list goes on and on and on and on. And you see, the defining factor in each of these situations isn't perfect people having it all figured out. The defining factor in each of these situations is bringing Jesus into each of these situations, factoring God into the equation, seeing what he has to say about it. And... For those of us who have been around for a while, and you know, we might be familiar with this kind of stuff, I, I find that we tend to find this so easy to do, so easy to do with the big stuff, right? Easy. I'll pray about my career path. I'll pray about what uni degree I need to go into. Should I marry this person? Should I have another child? Should we move to this place? Big stuff, I'll trust God all day. God, you've got the big stuff. But what I've found that we can tend to struggle with or even just become so familiar with that we simply just forget is, all right, God, I'm going into the job I hate. Who can I bless today? All right, God, I'm, I'm at the shops doing my groceries. It's packed. Everyone's moody. I just want to get out of here. But before I do, whose day can I make today? All right, God, the bills are piling up. All right, God, I'm, I'm driving to work. All right, God, I've got an hour to myself. All right, God, I'm doing the chores at home. What do you want for this situation? See, as much as God is working in all the big life-changing stuff, do not miss out on what God wants to do in the mundane because God is just as interested as you're in your Monday morning commute as he is in your Sunday night attendance. Jesus has this profound ability, this incredible ability to take the ordinary, the mundane in our lives and turn them into something extraordinary. I mean, imagine, just imagine for a second, if even the most mundane, ordinary parts of your life became the parts that you look forward to the most, became the parts that you experience God the most. That is what Jesus can do. And I've seen this in my life recently as well. I've, I've kind of recently discovered this part of Jesus. I, um, about 10 months ago, I started going to the gym. I wrote down, hold for applause. Um, <laughs> must have been a typo. Um, 
I didn't go to the gym for any good reason, healthy reason. I just want to look like Dwayne Johnson and still be able to eat KFC, right? Like, I don't think I'm asking that much, okay? Um, but I started going to the gym, hated it, kept at it, and, uh, you know, I got consistent with kind of going to the gym. And then as I was going to the gym, I kind of heard about this idea, the idea of uh, taking your downtime and turning it into grow time. It's this whole idea of, you know, the times in your day where your mind isn't occupied, it's just blank space. You know, you're walking the dog, you're doing the chores at home, you're at the gym, you're driving to work, you're driving to uni. Those times where you're not really doing anything, And taking those times and using it to grow, to grow spiritually, to grow mentally, in leadership, in faith, or whatever area you want. And so I started listening to podcasts in the gym. I started to uh, read the Bible on my phone while I was walking on the treadmill. I gave it a shot. And you know what the hilarious thing is? Some of my most profound and life-changing experiences with God recently have been in the gym. How insane is that, right? I'm known by some of the people around here, some of the staff around here as the guy who's in the gym for two hours every single day. They actually think I work out for that long. How hilarious is that? I'm done after like 15 minutes. The rest of the time is God telling me how to be a better husband and not get annoyed at other people so easily, right? If I want to have a good workout, I have to walk into the gym and go, God, don't speak to me for two hours. I just ate three burgers. I need this right? What's my point? You will see Jesus do incredible things in each and every aspect of your life when you allow him to walk by your side in each and every aspect of your life, when you factor him in to every single equation, not just the big stuff, not just the life-changing stuff, but even the smallest of things. There is no problem too big and there is no issue too small for God not to notice, right? God wants to do something incredible in every area of our lives. There is always more that we can experience. I hated going to the gym. Who likes feeling that pain? Sick people, right? But now I love it. I get sad when I don't go to the gym. Because I believe it's a time that not only I can grow physically, but it's also a time where I can grow with God. It's one of the mundane parts of my day that has now become one of the most productive parts of my day. That is what Jesus could do. Imagine if you're just doing the dishes at home and right then and there you experience God. Imagine if you're driving to uni, 8 a.m. on a Monday morning, the worst. But you just say, you know what, God, what do you want for this situation? Going into the same class with the same people that I've been with all year, who can I bless today? What can I do in this situation? God has this profound ability to take the things that we discount in life and use them for incredible life-changing things. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, okay, this is awesome and all, but I don't know how God could impact my life. I'm not even sure if I believe in him. Stephen, you don't know the mistakes I've made. I am far too gone. Like this Jesus would never want anything to do with me. Well, as much as we've been talking about what God can do in each and every area of our lives tonight, the greatest miracle that Jesus does is he takes us as broken people and he makes us whole again. 
Jesus doesn't just want to restore the external things in our lives. Jesus came to restore our soul. He came to restore our heart. He came to give us life and life abundantly from the inside out. There is no mistake that you have made that is too big for God's forgiveness. There is no decision that you've made that's taking you too far out of His reach. We are only ever one decision away from knowing Jesus in our lives. And in a few moments, I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make that decision, to take that step and say, you know what, God, if, if you're there, I want, to, I want to discover that life. And can I just say, you have nothing to lose and absolutely everything to gain by simply giving Jesus a shot in your life. I mean, that's what I did a bunch of years ago. Had no clue about any of this stuff. Okay, I didn't care about it. If anything, I thought the evidence was stacked against it. You Christians are crazy. But I figured if whether God is real or not is the biggest question in human history. And if this Jesus claims to want to give me an abundant life, I thought, eh, I guess I could check it out. And so I did. Started following Jesus, started trying to discover God's plan for my life. And funnily enough, my relationships started to improve. My thought life started to improve. The parts of my day that I didn't like became things that I began to look forward to. I began to discover purpose. I began to see what I'd heard about Jesus become a reality in my life. Why? Because we've said it before and we'll say it again. Following Jesus will make our lives better and will make us better at life. Following Jesus, it makes our lives so much better and it makes us so much better at life. You will see the reality of God and discover more of who the real Jesus is when He goes from simply being an addition to your life, another thing in amongst all the other things, to being someone that you allow transform each and every part of your life. And I am convinced, I am convinced that whether you have been a Christian for 40 minutes or 40 years, there is always more of Jesus that we can experience. There is always more impact He can make in our lives. And if we could just leave this place tonight, even just with the simple thought of maybe God has more for me than what I'm experiencing right now. Maybe I should discover more of what God wants for me. Maybe I should give Jesus a shot. I believe you and I will see God do greater things than we ever dreamt were possible. And so if you're here and, and, and you want to kind of, you know, discover more of who the, G, the real Jesus is, you want to see greater impact. You don't just want to come to church and leave and see nothing change, no difference. If you want to see Jesus in your everyday life, I just want to leave you with two questions that I'm personally working through and challenging myself on and trying to discover more of Jesus with. And those questions, first one, question I asked before, who is Jesus to you? When Jesus asks, who do you say I am? What's your answer? When you dig a little bit beneath the surface, when you, when you go beyond the cliches, who is Jesus to you? On a Monday morning, who is Jesus to you? When the bills start to pile up, who is Jesus to you when you're feeling exhausted overwhelmed like you're stuck in the mundane who is Jesus to you and the second question is what area of your life do you need to factor God into what area do you want to see that abundance that better than normal in maybe it's your thought life maybe it's a relationship maybe it's your finances 
Maybe it's your work life. Whatever area. What area do you need to acknowledge God and see what He has to say about it? You know, in a moment, we're going to finish the service by just singing a song, just so we can create a moment before we get on with our lives and our, and our big week ahead. Create a moment where you can seek God and experience Him in that area where you can just, you know what, hold that area out to God and say, I'm trusting you. I want that better than normal. But before we do, I want to give you an opportunity tonight. If you are here and like we said before, you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian or maybe you've got more questions about all this stuff than answers, but you want to find answers to those questions. You want to discover the abundance, the, the, the life that God has for you. I want to give you an opportunity to take that first step. We honestly believe the greatest decision we could make in our lives is the decision to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm in. I want the forgiveness. I want the peace. I want the joy, the purpose, the grace. I want the life that you have for me. It's a free gift. And all we have to do is receive it. And so if we could all just close our eyes just for a moment, just to create a moment of privacy for those who want to make this decision. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to count to three. And when I do, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. I'll acknowledge it. You can put it back down and then we're going to pray. But if that's you tonight, I want to encourage you. You are here for a reason. God has a plan for your life. He loves you. He cares for you. And He wants you to know Him. He wants you to know the life that He has for you. And tonight can be the beginning of that journey. So when I count to three, if you want to make that decision, put your trust in Jesus. Just pop your hand up and we'll move on. One, two, three. Awesome. I see that hand to my left. I see that hand up the back. That's unreal. So cool. Who else is there tonight? Maybe you made this decision a long time ago in life, but you've noticed that you've drifted far from God. You might feel like you're unreachable, but you're only ever one step away. Thank you. I see that hand. That's awesome. It's unreal. A whole bunch of people making the greatest decision. Well, hey, I'm going to pray right now. We're going to talk to God and, and we're a community. We do life together. We, uh, we're all in this together. So I'm going to say a few words. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me just for the benefit of those who have made this decision or maybe here and you didn't quite get your hand up, but you're like, oh, maybe I should have. This is for you too. We're all going to say it together. But if you made that decision or want to make that decision, I want you to say this with all of your heart. You're speaking with God right now, your heavenly father. And so if we could all repeat these words after me, everyone say, thank you, Jesus, for loving me, for accepting me, for forgiving me. I want to do life with you. Help me to discover your plan for my life. Today I begin my journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are truly blessed by what you heard. For more details, check out suncoast.org.au.